Welcome to Entrusted Ministries with Pastor T.K. Anderson of Compass Church in Monterey County, California. Thank you for joining us. Today we continue with our series, Freedom, Living Above Your Circumstance. And today's message is on power, specifically entitled, Live in Power. Uh, Pastor, before we go to the message, you're going to talk about the source of power and where that source comes from. Why do we need to keep that in perspective? Well, it's interesting because I remember somebody asked me once, they said, why do Christians lack the necessary power to overcome the difficult circumstances in their life? Um, but what I, we're going to discover today is that Christians don't actually lack the basic power, but rather they're not utilizing the needed power that's already available to them. And Paul's going to teach the Ephesians and also us today uh, what it means to put on Christ. And when we put on Christ, we're putting on that power. Incredible, incredible. So what, what can we do as Christians uh, with that power that God gives us? Well, we can then fight the battles that we're going to face. You know, this world's not battle-free. We don't live in a battle-free zone uh, in uh, our, this world today. So what we're going to find today is that we have the ability to stand against that which is coming against us. And we have the ability to use six weapons that God has provided for us. I call it our cash of spiritual warfare. It's our spiritual armor. And so these things have been given to us by God. And it's important for us as followers of Christ to understand what these tools are and how we can best utilize them. So I'm excited to have you with us here today as a listener. And I know this message will be an encouragement to you no matter what you're going through. Uh, So enjoy the message and we'll catch up to you on the other side. You know, in the late 1800s, a guy by the name of Thomas Edison changed our world uh, with the invention of a light bulb. But more importantly, he powered these bulbs with a new electric-producing generator. You and I see and experience the effect and the impact of this two-part invention every single day. The first public event for Edison's invention actually took place on September 4th, 1882. And the New York Times happened to be there to record the occasion by writing the following. At 3 p.m., New York City was illuminated with the flip of a switch. Electric lights brightened our city for the first time. It happened at Pearl Street Station, the first central power station in the world, operated by Thomas A. Edison and his Edison Electric Illuminating Company of New York. So there you have it. With the flip of a switch, 140 years ago, our world was changed. I would argue that in a similar way, immediately following salvation, the Bible promises us that our lives will be changed. And with the flip of a switch, God illuminates the hearts and souls of mankind. But I have a question. If that's true, And if we have access to a power source that is far greater than Edison's generators, why is it, does it seem to be the case, that so many Christians seem to lack the necessary power to overcome the difficult situations in life? See, you may be here today and you're facing a tough situation. You may be here today and you may feel that your problems are big, and they may be big. They may be unsolvable. They may be exhausting to the soul. They may be unbeatable. But I want to encourage you today, don't give up hope just yet. I've got some good news for you. 
you may be surprised to know that you actually have access to a power source that is far bigger than any scenario that you may be confronting. But the key is you can't find it on your own. C.S. Lewis touched on this with one of his famous quotes. He said, human history is actually the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Hmm. Isn't that true? We try finances, money, we try material items, we try various relationships, we try entertainment, we try sports, we try substances, we try everything, and at the end of the day we find it all falls flat. And Lewis nails it on the head by saying the only thing that's going to help us find true joy and true happiness is a relationship with God. See, within the human story, within more specifically your story today, did you know that you do have access to a type of power that the world is craving? It's a power that can withstand any and all scenarios. It's a, it's a power that goes deeper than any ocean, goes higher than any skyscraper, it's wider than any continent. It's stronger than any substance known to mankind. It's harder than diamonds. It's more valuable than gold. It's more precious than silver. And the best part about it, this power, it's available to those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We join back up with the Apostle Paul today in our series in the book of Ephesians. And we join today in Ephesians chapter 6. So if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and turn there. And what we're going to find is that Paul continues in his letter to the believers in Ephesus explaining how to live out the Christian life in real power. He explains that in this present age, there is a power flow that moves in an opposite direction to what God is trying to do. It's an opposite way in which God is going. And as, when we, as we move against the current by following Jesus, Paul's warning us ahead of time, there's going to be a battle. So friend, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ today, don't be surprised by the fight. Don't be surprised by the battle. But don't get caught up in the struggles and the events of life. You see, I discovered this week in my studies that God has not left us powerless. God has not left you defenseless. God has not left you without a strategy in this life. The Apostle Paul or the Apostle Peter reminds us this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, God's divine power has granted to us what? All things that pertain to life and godliness. If you have your Bible with you in your notes, why don't you write that down? All things. In fact, everybody say that with me. All things. How many things has God provided for you and I to overcome in this life? Some things, many things, a few things, or all things. The right answer is all things. That's right. That's what God's given us. He's given us his divine power so we can overcome all things. But the question is, if we have this power, how can we access this divine power so that we can live above life's circumstances, not just live through them? How many know what I'm talking about? God doesn't want you just to tread water through life. He wants you to be an overcomer in this life. Well, what we can do, the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize our source of power. That's what we find in the text in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Here's what Paul writes. Finally, brothers and sisters. So after all his letter, he gets to the end and he says, finally, here's what I want you to do. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
And then he gives us a description we're going to look at in just a second. But then he ends and he says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and with all supplication. So the first step to recognizing our source of power, according to the text, is to recognize the power of worship. Recognize the power of worship. You see, what I discovered in studying this text is that in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18, Paul actually bookends two very important principles regarding our source of power and how to access it. I want to look back at this and show it to you. Notice in verse 10 that he writes, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So if you have your Bibles with you, underline that phrase. That's going to be very, very important. See, Paul doesn't want his friends. Paul doesn't want his disciples. Paul doesn't want the Christians in Ephesus to falter or fail. And he's giving them a clear reference to Jesus as the person of power in their relationship. And Jesus is the person that we worship, and Jesus is the one that has the ability to give us the power to overcome the difficult situations in life. The thought here that Paul is going after in the original language is that you and I should actually put on Jesus Christ, right? Put him on, in other words, come into a relationship with him before we attempt to put on this spiritual armor that he's going to explain to us in just a second. If we try to put on the armor and try to live in the power and strength of Christ without Christ being actually inside of us, then our weaknesses will be exposed and we will falter and stumble. And Paul doesn't want that. So from his prison accommodations in Rome, as he writes this letter, he writes an amazing pep talk that I think rivals the best halftime speech of the greatest coaches in our world. Now this phrase, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might, isn't just a simple phrase. Most Bible scholars think that Paul got this from the Old Testament, and let me show you what I mean. If you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, this is how the Bible describes David, who David was going through a very difficult situation, trying to overcome his scenario. And the Bible says, as David was greatly distressed, he was overcome by something. What does it say? But, the, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And most Bible scholars believe that's where Paul received this from. He got that from the Old Testament. Because the Bible is speaking to us to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. But the question is, what does it mean? And so this verse here in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 30 and the verse in Ephesians chapter 6 is telling us that we need to focus on the spiritual activity of worship. You see, when David was ever distressed or if David was ever down or was disappointed, he would call out to God through song. We know that from history. In fact, we have the lyrics to many of those songs in the book of Psalms. Most of you know that the book of Psalms is actually a collection. It's a collection of poems that was put to song. Paul also talks about this same thing a chapter earlier in Ephesians 5. He encourages believers to do the following. Be filled with the Spirit. But how? By addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So one of the ways in which we are filled with the Spirit is actually through music and song. So friend, don't ever underestimate the power of music and song. If you're new to the church world, some people have asked me before, Pastor, why do churches always start with music? Because this is the part that we strengthen ourselves in the Lord. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? That's why we start with music. Yeah. 
It's a reason why we do it. Set our hearts right. We, it's a means by which we are ushered into God's presence. So be strengthened in the Lord, and you do that through worship. Now, Paul goes on in verse 18 on the second half of this big passage with the second bookend when he says, I want you praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So what is he getting at here? The second step in recognizing our source of power is to remember the power of prayer. Remember the power of prayer. And this is important. Now, I've had new Christians ask me sometimes, well, what is prayer? How would you define it? And the best definition I can give you probably is, prayer is a simple act of asking God for his will to be done in a situation. His will to be done in my life. That's it. It's not mystical. It's not magical. It's not mysterious. There's no special words you have to say. You just simply go to God and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's it. And you ask God to hear you, and you bring your request and your needs to him. So once we've strengthened ourselves in the Lord by spending time in prayer, we're ready for the second aspect to learn how to overcome life's circumstance, and that is to resolve to go against the current. Paul then says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? Stand against. Stand against who? The schemes of the devil. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, I'm not going to do a whole sermon here, but there probably is a good point here to talk about. I think a lot in our culture, we're missing the boat. And I'm not going to blame non-Christians. I'm going to just talk to Christians for a second. I think a lot of times we look at the problems and the struggles that we face, and we tend to focus on the human condition of the experience. You know what I'm talking about? Well, Paul's telling us our war or our battles, it's not against our neighbor. It's really not. It's not against another human being in most cases. In most cases, we're standing against the schemes of the enemy, and we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual dynamic going on. There's an unseen battle happening behind the scenes. And as Christians, I think we need to be aware of that. That's what this message is teaching us. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. What we do, we wrestle against rulers and against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness. Where do these spiritual forces live? Against the spiritual forces of evil, even in heavenly places. That's interesting, isn't it? So this is a big unseen battle that Paul's talking to us about. We need to understand that this isn't always about just another human being. There's other things happening behind this, the scene. In verse 7, what we see is a plot to sweep us downstream. So if you have ever spent time fishing or ever uh, spent time boating or maybe on a large river, uh, you're familiar with the concept of a current and the tremendous amount of pull or force that it contains. And I think that's the idea Paul's getting at here. Except he's not talking about a physical current, obviously, that pulls a boat downstream like in a positive way. He's actually indicating there's an entire world that's drifting downstream away from God. And we'll be caught up in its pull if we don't do something proactive about it. And he's encouraging us for believers to stand strong against the current. Let me show you what I'm talking about. This word against is actually used six times in this passage. Go ahead, guys. Give me a click. Look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six. When you peel it away, you start realizing what is the Holy Spirit trying to tell us? We're supposed to be doing something proactive. It's a strong signal that we are to resist the dark forces flowing against us. And if we don't, then we're going to find ourselves thrown under the current and we'll be swept downstream through a deceptive and crafty schemes of the enemy. So it brings up a question. How do I anchor my life in such a way as to not be carried away or swept downstream by the 
current of our culture? Well, that's in the second part of the verses. And we create anchors in our life as we remain persistent in our convictions. So go ahead and fill that in your notes. Persistent in our convictions. Do you remember the story of Daniel and the lion's den? Raise your hand if you remember that story from Sunday school somewhere. Yeah, we all kind of remember that story. Daniel and the lion's den. You see, the political leaders of Daniel's day, they created a set of rules. And that if violated, would put him in a den of lions. Daniel refused to be carried along by this decision. And he ended up in a tough situation in which God was ultimately honored by delivering, delivering him from the plans of his enemy. Yet in order to properly understand how Daniel could stand against the wicked schemes of the enemy, you have to go back to the beginning of Daniel's story. And so I'm going to do that for you just for a few seconds. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible captures the beginning of his story this way. As he was brought into captivity and was told he needed to convert over to his culture, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. In other words, I'm not participating. I'm not going to play the game. Some translations say he purposed in his heart not to do so. He determined not to. He made up his mind not to go against God's plan for his life. In essence, he stood strong in that current. He stood firm in his resolve to stand against the current of his culture at any cost. And it was a decision of his mind that he made far in advance. And Daniel's life, friend, is an example for us that we too can purpose in our heart to resolve to not give in to the plans of this world. And we can instead put on, as the Bible tells us, the whole armor of God as encouraged in verse 11. In fact, if you want to do a quick word study on this, the verb put on here in verse 11 actually carries with it the idea of like sinking into a garment or the putting on of a robe. That's the idea. God wants you to know that he hasn't left you defenseless and you can rest on his presence The final thing we find is that God has given us the opportunity to take advantage of an incredible cache of weapons. So if you and I want to be resolved to go against the flow, we do so by putting on the armor of God. And that brings us to the third point. Let's take a look in verse 11. So again, we see put on the whole armor of God. Verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. And then in verse 14, he gives us this description of the weapons that we have available to us. He says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on a breastplate of righteousness, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we see six weapons here. But what you notice is much of the Christian experience is a defensive experience in this world, according to Paul's descriptions here. And the reason why that is, is because we live in a fallen world that is prone to sin. There are actions and attitudes designed to set themselves up against the things of God. And when you and I purpose in our heart to live for Christ, and we purpose in our minds to do things the way God wants us to do, then there's going to be a constant battle. In other words, if you're not a Christian, then there's no battle to fight. Why? Because you're simply going with the flow. You're going with everybody else. Everything's easy going. And that's the temptation that we face, isn't it? I want to show you this, though. This phrase in this set of verses, put on, uh, take up. I want to see how many times Paul references this. Put on, take up, fasten on, put on, put on, take up, take. Can you believe that? 
Paul is telling us there's something proactive we can do. Seven times in six verses, he's giving us something very specific to do, that we can stand up and be ready to fight. God wants you to know he hasn't left us defenseless. We have a stockpile of weapons available. So we're not alone in this battle. When life's circumstances get to a point where you feel overwhelmed, which I know some of you may feel that way today, remember that you have a cache of spiritual weapons available to you. So we started out this message with a question, and that was, why do so many Christians seem to lack the necessary power to overcome the difficult situations in life? And what we discovered is, based upon Paul's writing in this passage to the Ephesians, that Christians really don't lack the necessary power, but rather we're not utilizing the power already given to us. So what must we do? Well, first, we realize we must recognize the source of our power, which is Jesus Christ. And we were encouraged to put on Christ, get into relationship with Christ first, before we try to put on this spiritual armor available to us. And one of the ways we put on Christ is through the spiritual actions of what? Worship and prayer. Secondly, we need to resolve to go against the current of our culture. We discovered there's this grand plot to sweep us downstream and sweep us under. Yet as the prophet Daniel purposed in his heart not to be influenced by his culture, we too can purpose in our hearts to go against the plans of our adversary. And our adversary, again, is not other people. The adversary is Satan. Amen? Lastly, we're encouraged to utilize all six weapons provided in our provision of spiritual armor. And we have to access these weapons to be successful. We access five defensive weapons and one offensive weapon. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God. It's all available to us and it's all provided for us through Jesus Christ. Now yet, although we know all of these things, we can talk about them, we can agree on those, some of us still struggle to put it all together, and I understand. We feel as though our foundations are weak. We feel as though our core has been hollowed out. We feel as though we have few branches of life upon which to cling. And what are we to do in those situations? You know, sometimes it feels like our life is about to fall over like the toppling of a huge redwood. And for some of us, maybe today it already has. You know, at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, January 8th, 2017, a giant fell to the earth, causing the ground to tremble like a small earthquake. One of the best-known giant sequoias, the Pioneer Cabin Tree, collapsed amid California storms. Pioneer Cabin, so named because its hollowed interior was big enough for a home, had pointed upward for a thousand years. She was majestic to behold. Her core was gone. Her limbs were brittle. Her roots were shallow. And only a few branches still clung to life. When lashed by wind and water, the big tree tottered and tumbled, and it shattered on impact. Her millennium was over. Hmm. You know, many of us are also teetering and tottering here today, never knowing when the next storm will come. And if that story relates to you today, if you feel as though you're one storm away from destruction or you're already lying on the floor of the forest, splintered and cracked and broken, can I encourage you? It doesn't have to stay that way. It doesn't have to. You see, you have right now the power to choose a better life right 
now in this moment. You do. Amen. I want to encourage you today, whether you're in this service this morning, whether you're watching on, by television later or you're in one of our other campuses or online, Christ wants to be the core of your being. Christ is the one who will provide the strength you need to rise again from the ashes of defeat. Can I get an amen on that? His plan is to help you. His plan is to heal you. His plan is to restore you. His plan is to remake you. His plan is to love you into the person he's created you to be. There is so much talk in our world. There is so much talk in our world about identity, especially for the under 30 crowd, and it just breaks my heart, and it breaks the heart of God. If people would just know and understand who God's created them to be, their life would be transformed in a minute. Amen? And it's part of our mission as the body of Christ to not get caught up in the things of this world, but to let our hearts go before the people that God has created and share with them the wonderful message of God's love. And then God is for us. He's not against us. God wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. And if you're facing that today, I want to hold out hope to you that if you give your life over to Jesus Christ, he will remake you. He will love you back into the person he designed you to be from the very beginning. And I want to encourage you to start that relationship, that amazing journey that God has planned for you. Amen? Well, I hope that message was encouraging to you. I hope it helps you to see your situation that you're going through perhaps in a different way, that you do have the necessary power given to you by Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual weapons that he provides for those who follow him. So if you're going through a struggle right now or a battle, why don't you uh, pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just take this moment now, we come to you, and I pray for these listeners that are with us today on the program, and I pray, God, that they sense your power in a new and a special way today. Lord, thank you for the resources that you've already given to us as we put on Christ, as we utilize these uh, spiritual weapons that you've given us to overcome uh, the enemy and that which he is attempting to put against us. I pray, God, that no weapon formed against us will prosper because we trust in Christ, and we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Pastor, uh, there yeah. is a special story, an allegory that you did, uh, and that's actually in the book, but we've got something special for people today. Can you tell them a little bit about yeah, it? Yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, when you write books and you do the sermons every now and then, the creative juices get going. And, and so I wrote kind of an allegory on uh, a medieval story of a Christian who's receiving his spiritual armor. And I wrote that in. I tried to make it like a one-page thing. And so they can go to the website, entrusted.tv, and just download it for free. It's a free gift. I hope you enjoy it. And it may be something that you want to put on a desktop somewhere or, or just have it as a word of encouragement. Thank you, Pastor, for that message and prayer. And I want to thank all of you who partner with Entrusted Ministries. If it wasn't for our partners, we would not be able to offer this message on radio, television, and streaming. And a reminder that you can get Pastor's new book, Freedom, Living Above Your Circumstance, simply by going to entrusted.tv. And for a gift of any amount, we will send you the new book. Also, for a gift of $75 or more, you'll receive the book, a beautiful scripture card bookmark, as well as the DVD series. Once again, that address is entrusted.tv. 
Thank you for your generosity. We want to help connect your story to God's story. Also, if you're looking for prayer and the power that you need today, we'd love to pray with you. And you can go to entrusted.tv and click the prayer tab, and we'll make sure that we join you in prayer. See you next week at the same time on this same station. Thank you.